Hello there, and welcome to a very special Here's Johnny's Reviews. And for this one, over the next several weeks, I shall be putting out my failed second podcast, the Schlocky Horror Podcast Show. As I and my co-host spent a good amount of time on these podcasts, so I thought, why not slap it on this podcast and see what happens. Now, remember, these were recorded several months ago. So and none of the links for the Shocky Horror work. So please don't try to look up on the internet. However, the other links should work. Anyway, enjoy. Episode 3 of the Shocky Horror Podcast Show, the fortnightly movie review podcast that looks at movies from B to Z. I am your host, Johnny T, and no movie is safe from me. Alongside me is my co-host and cohort, Eric, from Hey Internet, Eric here, and his podcast, Two Bearded Losers. Hey, I am very, very excited to be be here for uh, this week's episode, trust me. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Why is Eric so pleased? Because this is one of his favourite horror movies. Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. The first Friday. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely in the minority of, of, of actually loving this film. But you know what? I, I wear that with a badge of honour. I, I have so much fun. And we'll, we'll definitely get into that when we discuss this. Yeah. I mean, me personally, I'm, I'm indifferent to this movie. I don't like it. I don't hate it. I'm just... Eh, you know, mm-hmm. I see the, the potential, but it was wasted potential. So, yeah. Like I said, this is the very first Friday the 13th movie I saw back in 94, it was, when it first came out in VHS. Nin- so. Yeah, 90, I think it came in theatres in 93. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So this was brought to us by New Orleans Cinema after Paramount gave up on a series, yet somehow they kept the rights for the name. What the fuck? I mean, I'll get that one. How can Fran- uh, uh, Paramount give up the, on a the franchise yet they kept the name Friday 13th this is why all the other movies are called Jason something like Jason Goes mm-hmm. to Hell Jason X Jason vs. Freddy merchandise is the only thing I can think of mm-hmm. yeah I mean what I, what I don't get is the remake is called Friday 13th so how did, did Platinum Dunes get the rights from Paramount I I think I think it's it's maybe like a dual uh, usage you know I think Paramount does get a little bit of credit in it because I think I think we do see like the Paramount logo in the beginning of uh, the remake. I could All be right. wrong. Okay, okay. Anyway, also brought to us by Sean S. Cunningham, the <clears throat> mastermind behind the Friday Thirteenth series, which I believe is the first time since Part Two. Is that true? Uh well, he directed the first one, and I think that's the only one he directed. Okay. I mean, I know he was a producer, but was he just one of the ones that's like put my name on a check producer, or was he actually a hands-on producer? I pretty sure it was just you know give me the money type of producer mm, okay then. that's what i've okay. that's what i've always heard about cunningham mm, okay fair enough fair enough then. so before we dive into this one which is your favorite jason you mean which actor no which jason oh um, which version um yes. oh, oh shit um well i'll say this in jason goes to hell is my favorite look but my favorite portrayal is probably part four, the final chapter. 
Okay then. Okay. For me, it's Uber Jason. That is just so cool. Yeah, so cheesy. Yeah, he does. It <laughs> um, but my favourite movie is Jason Lives because that is just so tongue in cheek and a Oscar for soundtrack. Yay! <laughs> yep. So Alice always helps. helps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, what you? What's your favourite Friday Thirteenth? Ah, you know, it, it's it's hard to pick because there's ones that are that are fun but aren't necessarily the best made, which we'll probably be discussing this week. Mm. Um, but then they're they're if I'm forced to pick, I would have to say probably part four because it's got my favorite Jason portrayal. Um, and it also has um, his name Crispin Glover. Yep, Crispin yes. Glover is is Crispin uh, Glover there. Uh, it's got some really good Tom Savini gore. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason's scary. It's just a lot of fun. You don't you have somewhat likable characters. They're not just there for you know fodder for Jason. Um, mm-hmm. And it's got a really great last twenty minutes of Jason uh, chasing the final girl with Corey Feldman thrown in there for good measure, I guess. But mm-hmm. I probably if, if force gun to my head, probably say the final chapter is my favorite. Yeah, the only problem with final chapter is Corey Feldman. He's just so obnoxious in that role. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. mm, no. I mean, I yeah. get the fact he was what twelve on set, uh, and he wanted hang- that age, yeah. Yeah, he wanted to hang around the adults because they were so cooler, and he wanted to go to clubs and pubs. I'm like, no, you're twelve. Shut up, you little shit. You know. Yeah. Anyway, on to the news. Um, uh, subject, uh, a new subject, is a terrible section. Yeah, section, that's what I'm looking for. Section, uh, fearful fortnight. What have you been watching between podcasts? Because that's been two weeks. Uh, well, let's see here. Um, like I mentioned to you offline, uh, I've been introducing my daughter to um, getting her a little bit into horror and you know, quote unquote, spooky things. So she has been watching with me the Tales from the Crypt Keeper animated series, which is basically like the Saturday morning Tales from the Crypt. She's watched a few. We, we've been kind of binge watching the X Men movies, um, just because we need some mindless action. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Let's see here. I watched Howard Stern's Private Parts, that that biopic from oh, I think '97. Mm-hmm. It's it's hit and miss. I mean, you know, I like a lot of the story, but then a lot of it's just you can only take so much of Howard. Mm, and that's then true. just this morning when you and I were talking uh, and we were suggesting things for for future episodes. I watched Highway to Hell from, I think, 91 or 92 with Christy Swanson and Chad Lowe. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Goofy, fun, stupid. Chad has to save Christy from hell. Uh, and Patrick Burgeon plays Satan. It's just, it's directed by the guy who directed Drop Dead Fred. So you oh, can just God. use your imagination how over the top and stupid it is. But I have a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's on my to watch list. So, hmm. well, me, um, what did I watch? Let me think. I watched an old 85 movie called uh, In a Minute Hour, which is just ridiculous. It's basically a slightly more adult version of uh, Monster Squad. So, yeah. it has D.D. Pfeiffer, uh, what the hell is his name? Peter DeLuise and Kevin McCarthy. But it's just tongue-in-cheek, fun 80s, just 80s. <laughs> um what else did I watch off the top of my head? Da, 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 da. I watched, uh, what the hell is that thing called? Uh, Summer Party Massacre. Oh, um, which is about a killer with a drill killing yep, yep. co-eds or pre whatever the hell they are. And that is just so bad. It's genius. I mean, oh my God. 
And watch the sequel, part two, which is even worse because it has a dream stalker, kind of like Freddy, but he's a Elvis impersonator. <laughs> I never made it to the sequel. Now you're kind of you've interested me with that with that with the whole Freddy Elvis thing. Yeah, it's just genius. I mean, it's awful, but it's geniusly awful. It just runs with it. And I watched my personal favorite B movie, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, for the twelfth time <laughs> this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually tempted to cover it for a podcast, but does it count as schlock? Mm. Oh yes, and I watched the Evil Dead um, remake thing, which I hate. So moving on. <laughs> um, I don't to... remember if I hated that or not. I remember not loving it. I've only I haven't seen it since it first came to video. So I know yeah. I know more hate than love it, but I don't know if that's just due to loyalty to, to ash or not i don't know it just doesn't work for me it's just eh hmm. you know it's just go for gore's sake there's no fun to be oh, had you know okay i just don't like it it's like no go away um <laughs> and oh yes i watched parts of um what's that called again uh night of the demons from 80 something which is just ridiculous fun Mm. Uh, which is coming to another podcast, but I'll get back to that later. Anyway, have you ever played the game, by the way, the 3013 is the game that came out, the modern one, not the 80s one? No, I, I've seen a lot of people play it on YouTube, and it does look like it would be a lot of fun. My only experience with video games is the really shitty Nintendo one from the 80s. Sadly, I've played this thing for the PlayStation and the Xbox, and oh my god, you have to wait about 40 minutes per game. And when you get into the game, you, what you do is go from cab to cabin, look through drawers to find keys mm-hmm. for a car, or petrol for a car, or car parts, or phone and uh, phone the police and radio in uh, Tommy Jarvis and blah 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 blah. And it's fucking shite. Uh, and when you're playing Jason, uh, you have to take on up to nine people, I think eight or nine people, which I'm terrible at. <laughs> I can never mm-hmm. do the the full clean seconds will kill maybe two but mm-hmm. somehow when i'm playing jason it's slow and laggy but when i'm playing against jason he's lightning fast so of it's course. like mm, how's that one work but anyway moving on to the movie itself starring john d lemay uh what am i kira keegan stephen gulp erin gray stephen williams and ken hodder the director adam marcus and the plot jason Voorhees is finally killed however his demon body hops until it can find the perfect host i.e his little sister we'll talk about that can his niece and her boyfriend along with a bounty hunter send undead zombie to hell once and for all or will they have a nightmare of a time doing so the budget three million dollars and this thing pulled in 15 million so it made a small profit, I'm guessing. Oh yeah, well it well, let's see, three five times its budget, that's that, that's profit. Yeah, true, true. And uh, let's talk about this movie, shall we? From the poster. Uh, the cool silver hockey mask of the demon snake crawling through the eye sockets. I love that poster. Oh, I, I love it too. It's it's one of my favorite old school VHS Friday the thirteenth covers, and I remember when we had it, it was like lenticular and there was, you know, part of the mold was a little bit 3D. You could feel it. It just looks so badass with like the black on the side of, of the VHS. It's one of the coolest posters in the whole series, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool, actually. Um, unfortunately, uh, I've got the one with, uh, what was it, Jason about to strike somebody with the hockey 
out the hockey mask, the um, Scott thing machete. I don't the hockey yeah. mask from. And it's a <laughs> terrible cover. <laughs> Where the hell did I get a hockey mask from? <laughs> I just imagine Jason Kilson with a hockey mask. <laughs> anyway, uh, on to the trailer, which was very, very careful to show as much Jason as possible because they knew mm-hmm. he isn't in this movie for more than five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is just, what the fuck? I mean, dear, oh dear. Um, well, well, when we when we get to the body hopping aspect of it, it's you know it's technically still Jason. We just don't see him in Jason form for more than five minutes. We'll, we'll say. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll discuss about the facts that the actors playing Jason act nothing like Jason. So we'll go back to that later. Um, mm-hmm. On to the lone female FBI agent Elizabeth Marcus. One of us on drop for the director, played by Julie Michaels. And it takes her all day to drive four miles to Crystal Lake. Did you catch that at the very beginning? She's driving along the road, and she's just a sign that says uh, Crystal Lake, four miles, and it's like afternoon. She gets to the cabins, and it's night time. It's black, yep. I'm like, what the? It took you four all day to drive four miles? Really, love, I mean, for crying out loud. <laughs> well, you, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll definitely be, get, be getting into this. As much as I love this movie, the the editing is uh, is not the best. And that's, that's saying a lot for this series. Mm-hmm. Always been much a lot for this series, yeah, yeah. But I just <laughs> love that one. It's like, la da dee la da should they stop for fucking a picnic and skinny dipping for crying out loud? <laughs> hey, you, you never know. Mm, you never true, know. True. And another thing, if the camera's been abandoned for years, why does it have running water, electricity, and supplies? <laughs> well, the thing is, I don't think she was actually at the camp herself. I think she was just at a cabin. No, because I'm pretty sure she actually inside Crystal Lake Camp itself. So why does it have like supplies and running water and electricity and such? I never got that myself. I mean, this is supposed to be set in 2003. Therefore, it's the camp. The city's been abandoned since what the late 80s. Yeah, if you so, as uh, as bad as the editing in this in this movie is, let's not try to throw in the fucked up timeline. Trust me. Oh it's no, it's going to no. make it even worse when it comes yes. to Friday the 13th. That's very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on to the jump scares. One thing. Fuck you, Adam Marcus, with the fucking jump scares every fucking five seconds. Oh, my God. That was... Oh, my God. With the, the, the cat jumping out and the fucking mm. dog jumping out. And it's like, what the... F-? No, the jump scares were too much. I hated the jump scares in this. It's like, that's a lazy crutch you're leaning on. Find something else to have suspense and, and scares, not fucking jump scares. I mean... Oh my god, that's my pet peeve. Well, if if they're used if they're used well, you know they can be fun, but I don't think they're they're too successful here. No, 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 they're not. And onto another pet peeve: the color of that bathtub, which you're going to take a shower, is fucking oh, disgusting. Yeah. I mean, what was that? I mean, that's just gross. <sighs> I, mean, I don't really. <laughs> oh man, you're really reaching, but the, was... but. I mean, what was that? Was that about 10 years of, of gunk just sitting on that yeah. bath? Yeah, that, that, that was pretty nasty. But oh, so disgusting. You know, when you find out she's just an FBI agent, I don't think she really gave a shit what her bathtub looked like. You know, she was there just to, yeah. to pull out Jason. Yeah, true, true. Speaking of Jason, I hate his look. Oh, I, mean, I love it. I hate that mask eating into his head. It's fucking ridiculous. And I hate the lumpy aspect of his head. I don't like it. I, I hate the... The music also, they changed the music. What the fuck happened to the cool 
and all that shit and stuff what happened to that they now got this ridiculous music that sticks in your fucking head i can't stand the music in this um see, that, see that's one of the main reasons why i i love this film so much because it's so different because this is the ninth fucking movie man you know it's it's the same it's been the same thing you know albeit you know part seven they threw in a girl with telekinesis and then part six is you know goofy tongue and cheek but it's been the same movie we finally get something different. I mean, I love this look. I like, I love how his mask has now become part of him. You know, it literally has become part of him. I mean, a lot of fans have, you, you said you hate the lumpy look of his, his head. A lot of fans now call that like the meatball head because it, you know, kind of resembles that. Um, okay. I love the little tufts of hair that you, you, that you can only really see like in the shadow in like, you know, the light when he's going through the woods. And I personally love the change in the music, especially during like the title sequence. You know, it's, it's it's something different because, like I said, this is part nine. Yeah, I I'll, I get bored after a while if it's the same fucking thing over and over and over again. You know. Yeah, true, true. What I do love about this movie is it doesn't explain how he gets back from New York. <laughs> it's just yeah. He's now back, full grown adult. Who cares? Although apparently there is a comic book that explains what happened, but again, who cares? <laughs> it's a Friday yeah. Thirteenth movie. Continuity. Makeup. Yeah, make up your own theories because continuity's been thrown out since like part two or three. So yeah, continuity is a stranger to the Friday the 13th series. Yep. It's, no, 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 just run with it, you know, for crying out mm-hmm. loud. Um, exactly. Yeah, back to the FBI agent, the magic towel. This chick runs around the place with a towel for a good five minutes. Doesn't even attempt to fall off. What is it? Super good to her tits. <laughs> it is the strongest towel known to man. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the fact she she does a, a sort of death slide to get away from Jason across mm-hmm. the hood of the car because she actually that's the first time she shot uh, it again. She saw Ken Hodder uh, once again playing Jason in the outfit and she ran for real. So that's real fear. <laughs> she mm-hmm. literally dived across that car. So well, Kane, yeah, and Kate Kane is a he's known for that. He when he's in makeup like he did it for the Hatchet movie. Uh, he did not want anyone to see what he looks like behind. You know, when he's in full full makeup and mm-hmm. the first time like you see the kids in Hatchet freak out when Kane jumps out at them, that's that's legit terror because they've never seen him and I think that's pretty cool of Kane. He he tries to keep it secretive. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, um Robert Engel does that also with when he's in Freddy makeup, he keeps himself away from the main cast as much as, as he can and then gets mm-hmm. into the real essence of Freddy when he's putting the makeup on, because um, he sits in that chair for what eight ten hours to oh God, so he literally hates the teenagers by the end of it so mm-hmm. you know that's why it works with him anyway back to this movie one thing i've got about this movie this fbi sting uh, set up in the one patch of clear woods miles from the cabin what does she fail <laughs> you know <laughs> you know what that's just the chance that the, the fbi takes she's collateral damage mm-hmm. i mean i love that one she's like fucking pulver, pulver. If she's vaulting over trees she's running over uh, and going what if you fell off you would have been fucking mincemeat for that machete but no <laughs> ah god and i love the fact that they have to use every gun imaginable to kill jason mm-hmm. including a mortar where jason's yeah. like oh no mortars my one weakness no because <laughs> blood is suffering <laughs> and see and see that's what i love is about this movie is up until part eight Okay, Jason's just been a legend. Mm-hmm. In in this one, he's 
everyone knows he exists. He, you know, you get the fucking FBI taken out, taking him out. Then once he's killed, you will get to uh, Joey B and her restaurant. There's a two for one burger sale because Jason is dead. Jason is a real thing, and everyone knows about him in this film. And it's it's another new twist that I just absolutely love. You know, fair enough, fair enough. Although it took the FBI, what was that, be twenty something years to find out about Jason's real? Really? Come on. <laughs> I mean, wow. He terrorizes New York. He terrorizes an entire camp somewhere in where exactly is Crystal Lake? And uh, Crystal Lake, I think, is supposed to be in New Jersey. I oh, see. So New Jersey. And well, see, and look, in, in New Jersey and New York, this shit happens all the time, dude. So no one really cared. That's what it was. It, 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 that's why it took 20 years to finally go after him. <laughs> so, uh, what six foot ten guy in a hockey mask with a large machete is killing people left and centre in New York. Who cares? <laughs> That's Times Square, man. <laughs> yes, probably is actually. Yeah. Moving on to the titles which give me epilepsy. I should sue the director. What is it with the flashing fucking titles and that shit music? Again. Oh that oh, moving on, because I'll go with my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, like I said, I loved it. I loved how they it was it was the new music and then it was you know, they showed some of the, the movie, then they cut to the titles, and they showed more of the movie, and then they cut to the titles. I just, again, it was it was something new, and I just, I loved it. I had fun with it. Yeah. It's just a flashing back between the movie and the titles. It's like, pick a fucking thing and stick to it. I mean, it's, oh. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to lose it, but I'm too early because I'm still on, on the, the, what, the second page of my notes, so I'll get back to the explosion bit towards the end of this fucking thing. On to I, can the already, I can already tell this is going to be an interesting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like a good rant. Hold on to your pantyhose. Yep. It's going to be a big one. Uh, onto the, yeah, onto the poor coroner, played by Richard Gant, uh, mm-hmm. who had to eat, eat the heart, which was fucking disgusting, made from jelly and fish scales, allegedly. Uh, filled, with, yeah, filled with black dye and black currant jam. Utterly disgusting. In fact, he threw up on set seven times eating that thing. That is just disgusting. I mean... No power to him, but fuck up do that. You know what? I'll tell you what, though. He, he, no pun intended, he dove into that thing. When he was eating that heart, you know, because we're supposed to assume that the, the beating of the heart is hypnotizing him, obviously. Yeah. Making him do that. And when he bites into that thing and that goo just explodes from both sides over his white gloves, which is a really cool look. And he's just tearing into that. There's like a close-up of his face, and he's chewing on it like it's fat on a steak, you know? Yeah, yeah, just disgusting. I mean, it's made yep. of, of, of gelatin or jelly mm-hmm. and filled with, like, apparently it's like bits of fish and fish scales and all sorts inside of it. So utterly disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, just gross. Uh, on to the assistant coroner, played by Dean Larry. Is that his name? Yeah. Who was one of the writers, allegedly? Yep. So. Good for him. Who gets killed in a really cool way with the probe? It. Yeah, the probe to the back of the head and squished mm-hmm. into the table because he yeah, talks slack. And he's and that's one of my honestly that's one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. It's you know, Jason has already possessed the corner, mm-hmm. and who who I who also has one of my favorite lines in the movie when he says uh, he's the corner's holding up Jason's head and he says, in my professional opinion, this guy's deader than shit. <laughs> and then have that last comment stricken from the record. It, it 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 it's it's fun. And then after he eats the heart, he's possessed by Jason's soul or spirit or whatever, which we'll get into. Mm. Dean Laurie, the assistant, walks in, you know, past the security guards with well, you know, one's cane hotter, which is cool. Oh yeah, I thought that, that. Yeah. Yeah. 
And he talks shit to Jason's dead body. You know, obviously not knowing that Jason's in the corner. He talks yeah. about how he wants to take a big shit on Jason's <laughs> mask, which is funny. Yeah. But yeah. My, one of my favorite lines is, you know, Jason, quote unquote, is right behind him and he's got a probe. And I just love how Dean Laurie looks up up at the uh, the corner. And he says, yes, that's, that's a probe. A probe. <laughs> and then, boom, he gets it. And I, I just love it. Yeah, yeah, that's just just genius. Uh, I, oh yes, I love the fact that they show the crime scenes with the dead bodies and blood mm-hmm. splattered everywhere on fucking the news for a sleazy talk show. Really? <laughs> Ratings, baby, that's what it is. Yeah, true, true. Speaking of which, the sleazy uh, talk show host Robert Campbell, played by Stephen Gulp, can we say Howard Stern? <laughs> You yeah, know? I was going to say he's definitely got a, a I was going to say like a Jerry Springer slash like Geraldo feel to him for me. No, he was much more sleazier than that. He was more like a shock jock, but for TV. I mean, mm. as I said, Howard Stern. Yeah, he could be, you know, there, who knows? You know, this was the only episode that we were shown. He could have been even sleazier. Mm. You could tell he just wanted the ratings. Yeah, I love the fact he goes, yeah, 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 yeah I, I stole uh, the the dead body of the mother and fuck the daughter. What a yeah. complete cunt. I mean, yeah. fucking asshole. See, and, um, and that's what's, what's great because, you know, eventually when we introduce Steven and Jessica, mm-hmm. uh, there's a scene where they're in the police station. You know, Jessica's mother has just been murdered and the boyfriend gives Steven because Steven's, you know, you know, being blamed for the murder. He gives Steven this evil look. So you think he's going to be, you know, the quote unquote good guy. And then he he makes that line about yeah I stole her mom's I stole uh, Diana's body from the morgue and then I went home and fucked her daughter and then he laughs yeah what a sleazy prick I mean yeah. and onto the mysterious Creighton Creighton rather Duke yep. put by Stephen Williams who I knew from the X Files as Mister X the replacement for Deep Throat and the X Files fans are like yeah um, how the fuck did he know this shit on Jason also who the hell is he uh, where did he come from, and why does he hate Jason so much? Not explained. And you know, that's one of those make your own, uh, you know, make your own stories up. Um, I like him. He, you know, he's a bounty hunter, so he's been doing his 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 research on Jason. Jason is a real person. You know, the FBI is after him, so obviously he knows who he is. Mm-hmm. I know there was a deleted story about how. One of Jason's victims was uh, Creighton's fiance, but they didn't use that. So I personally just took it as him being a badass bounty hunter who knew his shit type of thing, you know? Okay, then. Okay, fair enough. Uh, what else do we have here? Oh, yes. The Robert Campbell guy says he'll pay Duke to kill Jason on live television. Okay, then. Uh, wasn't that an arrestable offense? <laughs> I mean, Jesus criminies. And while I'm at it, how long was the coroner walking around as Jason? Because they say it's been at least three weeks. Because the Creighton Duke interview happens, and they say, yeah, two, three weeks ago, Jason went missing, or the coroner went missing. So how long was the coroner walking around as Jason? Well, you got to think about it. If he's got to get back to Crystal Lake, Crystal Lake's supposed to be in New Jersey. I think they moved, they say where they moved the, the Jason's body to. So that's a long fucking way to walk, you know. Yeah, true. True. I mean, I don't think if you think about it, if you're driving down, you're not going to be picking up a big, scary, you know, man looking like Richard Gant covered in blood, are you? Yeah. That man's the, walking to Crystal Lake. Yeah, with the black blood and the the white blood spotted um, 
doctor's jacket. I mean, that was just mm-hmm. disgusting. On to Jason's little sister, Karen. Diana Kimball, played by Erin Gray. Wait, so did Pamela have another kid right after Jason's death? Or was it from the father? If so, I'm, who's the father? <laughs> I'm assuming that it is the father, because there is a drop line in a, in Robert's show that he was Jason was born in 56 or whatever. 47. Um, to, okay, 47. He died in 56 or whatever. Mm-hmm. To Elias and Pamela Voorhees. And in the first movie... Uh, I don't know if Pamela says Jason was her only child or her only son, but I'm assuming that Elias, you know, I've always assumed that it was Elias. He had an affair or after Pamela was killed, he had a second child is what it is, what I was piecing together in my brain. Okay, because what age would you say Diana is? Uh, Let's see. This this came out in 93. Mm -hmm. Well, Aaron Gray was probably in her. Late 40s, maybe? Possibly. I mean, but I mean, this is supposed to be set in 2003, so... Oh, I don't... Like I said, if you throw the timeline in there, man, that, that's yeah. just going to make it worse. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Uh, one thing I do love about it is the diner. How do you celebrate Jason's death? Why a two-for-one burger sale, of course? <laughs> Why wouldn't you? <laughs> and the best part is, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I absolutely love this family. I love Joey and and ward the 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 son and i don't know the 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 husband's name but she calls him pookie Mm -hmm. i love i just love them because they're they're so funny and i love how joey b explains how they get the two-for-one burger sale because you know they cut the patties into (laughs) yeah hockey masks but she uses she uses yeah she uses the meat that she pulls out from the one patty to make a whole new patty and she says there you go two-for-one burger sale (laughs) it's it's wonderful it's 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 well used comedy, I think. And I again I love how eventually you find out Joey B, she's the she's the wife, she's the big loud one, and then you have the husband who's played by Leslie Jordan. If you've ever seen Leslie Jordan in anything, he's this small, meek, kind of wimpy character, and it's just a perfect, you know, opposite, you know, what you expect. And I it's it's just so much fun. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna mention their names there. So we have Joey played by Rusty Schwimmer. And her husband, Shelby, played by Elizabeth Jordan, who I know from Will and Grace, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, yeah, he's what, about four foot ten, I believe? He's a yeah, short he's man. super, super small. Who, of course, are Hicks and heavily armed, because of course they are. I mean, yep. fat, dumb Hicks. Why wouldn't they be armed? I mean, uh, dear, oh, dear. I, I, I just like that bit. It's like, can I have a slightly more smarter person? I mean, yes, have sassy and brassy and be ballsy, because it's a diner in New Jersey. But you have to be a hick. Did you have to be fat and stupid? Especially with the son who's fat and stupid. It's like, ah, uh, dear, oh dear. But anyway, uh, like yeah. I, said, I, I just love just the opposite of it. You know how how Joey's the big one, and then Shelby, you said it's Leslie yeah, George. Yeah, George. yeah, He's, he's yeah. the little one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. On to Duke, who gets arrested and put in jail for hitting on Sheriff Landis's played by Billy Green Bush girl. Since when is hitting on somebody an arrestable offence? <laughs> You know what? Who, who who knows? I mean, well, first off, we already know uh, Duke's kind of a pervert. We forgot to mention that line when he's talking to Robert. Uh, when I say a word, uh, I want you to tell me the first thing that comes in your head. Sure. Jason Voorhees. And he thinks of a little girl in a pink dress sticking a hot dog through a donut. Yeah, what was that? I mean, what I, the fuck? I don't think even Adam Marcus has an explanation for that line, but it just shows that Duke's not 
all there. He doesn't care. He's got no filter. He'll just say what's on his mind. And it shows that he doesn't give a shit that he's hitting on uh, the sheriff's girlfriend because what does she say? What does he say? Oh, she's only your girlfriend because she hasn't had a taste that of the taste Duke of the Duke. Oh, God, that's such a bad line. <laughs> oh, and then, then what does he say? And then he, get, he gets mad, or the sheriff gets mad. He says, why don't you blow me, chief, right after your girlfriend gets done? It's just, he's <laughs> so cocky and charismatic. I, I just, I love, I love Creighton Duke so much. Yeah, I love the fact on the menu they have, uh, what was it, Jason Fingers or Freddy Fingers yeah. or something like that? I'm yeah, like, oh, for God's <laughs> Yeah, I'll have a Jason burger and a side of Jason fingers or something like that. Oh, God, that's just genius. Like I say, the humor is good in parts, but other times it's, like, too far. Um, yeah. But we'll get well, to the well, too well, far. When it's, good, when, when it's good, it, to me, it's a home run. Mm-hmm. On to the useless cops, because, of course, it's useless cops. It's a Friday 13th movie. Officer yep. Parker, played by Kip Marcus, I'm guessing is Adam Marcus's little brother, who is woefully miscast. He's supposed to believe he's a hard man cop, but he's a Oh my god, he's what about twenty two in this movie? <laughs> what the yeah, hell? He's, he's definitely the cop that's in over his head for sure and doesn't mm-hmm. realize it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of woefully, woefully miscast, John D. LeMay, other um, hero Stephen Freeman. Yeah, no, you're supposed to look this guy's a hard man. He looks like he could stab him by farting his general direction. He's, I mean, <laughs> oh my god. And I'm sorry, I never actually watched the TV series, the Friday 13th series. Who the fuck is this guy? I've never seen the series, but you know what? <laughs> that doesn't matter because Friday the 13th series apparently has nothing to do, like the TV series has nothing to do with Jason Voorhees or anything. I think uh, John LeMay plays a character that works at an antique stop full of cursed items, something like that. So I don't know if they just hired him just for kind of a Friday the 13th connection. It must have been. It must be. And I talk about the humour. When Stephen comes back into town, he picks up the campers. Uh, Debbie, mm-hmm. played by Michelle Clooney. Alexis, played by Catherine Attawind. Or Attawind, rather. And Luke, played by Michael Silver. What was the thought here? Was he going to bang the one or bang, then bang the next one? Get in. Also, I think this is the most male nudity I've ever seen in a Friday the 13th movie. And I was a little shocked. Because you should see the male nudity. I mean, fair enough, there is bits and pieces in part three, I believe, part mm-hmm. four and part five. But this one, you pretty much see all of Michael Silver. And I've got to say, nice ass on him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this. Uh, Adam Marcus has equal opportunity when it comes to nudity. Because I think, like, since part five, this is the most nudity we've seen. And if you've watched the unrated cut, you, the, you get probably the most graphic sex scene we've seen in a uh, Friday the 13th movie. Yes. And what was funny is, is initially this scene wasn't going to be in the final cut. Test audiences, they wanted a scene at the campground. So Adam reshot this and he threw it in there. So. Oh, right. Interesting. Very interesting. And I, I will say this. This is the first time I've ever heard of a man <laughs> refer to his dick as a pod. Oh, gotcha. When he comes out, you were talking about dialogue. When he comes out, he says, I think it shrank my pod mm-hmm. after he takes a, sh- a shot of whiskey. I'm like, well, that's something you don't learn every day. I love the fact that they're supposed to be skinny dipping, yet their clothes are bone dry. I'm like, the lake's literally over there. How is it still dry? And also, I love the fact he drops his boxer shorts and the, the girl has to cover him up because he's completely naked on set. I'm going, <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, Jesus, and even when she's sitting riding him, you can pretty much see his entire, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Package? I mean, Pod. 
Jesus, well, with a pod, yeah, the pod. I mean, oh, Mr. God, I was just done this. And also, isn't it true that um, Michael Silver was the ex-boyfriend of, what was it, uh, his ex-girlfriend? Was it Catherine? She played Alexis? Was that the one? Well, no, actually what it was is the, the two campers that were actually having sex, um, him and, and Deborah, the dark-haired one, they had actually oh. broken up before doing this movie. And it was just a weird coincidence that they had got cast in a sex scene. So that could be maybe why the scene's a little more hardcore than the normal in Friday the 13th movies. Yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, moving on. Again, I've mentioned this multiple times, but I'll mention it now. 2003, not one cell phone or computer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just love that one. Anyway, back to the the kill of this movie for me. The yes. tent two for killing, possibly the most graphic kill in the franchise, where mm. she's on top of him riding Luke's um, pole. As she's getting off, she gets offed, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. What a way to go. Yep. Split in half while taking a tent pole. <laughs> you know uh-huh. I mean that is just beautifully done I mean you just see the tempo come through the tent and she's ripped in half literally yep. in half and then he's like ah and the blood splits in his face that is yeah, just it's a beautiful. it's a great shot from like her split open shoulder and you see like the insides of it and it's just spraying on his him screaming and that was after you know Jason or the coroner or whatever you want to say you know kind of you know he, he basically hacked up Alexis the either she's a redhead or a blonde i can't remember you know the other camper with like a scalpel and it's just it's a great you know it's a, it's just a whole this whole scene with her getting killed and then the, the two for one deal in the tent is just wonderful and it's just great effects i think it was nick greg nicotero and b and it just that's where they were starting mm-hmm. uh just wonderful one of my favorite if not my favorite kill in the entire series Yes, I forgot to mention the one great line that one of the campers had. Let's go to Crystal Lake Smoke Park and have premarital sex. I just love that. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that, what's his name, Luke had a condom, bitch tossed it aside, and then Jason goes, oh, no, you didn't, no, no non-safe sex. You're dead, you bastard. Exactly. <laughs> he, he, he says something, you know I hate wearing these things, and she throws it out of the tent, and then, of course, you have that, that shot of the condom right there in the mud, and then Mm-hmm. Richard Gant just steps right on him like well you know they're fucked while they're getting fucked type of thing mm-hmm. so my thinking was why did he put the condom on but just, just walked away nah did he light it up you know <laughs> or were they two dead because they were having sex on the, the lake uh, the, the, yeah the lake side I mean mm. anyway moving right on to another useless cop Deputy Josh played by Andrew Block uh, who was also trying to bone Diana she was around is she not mm. It sure also, seemed like he, he was flirting with her. Mm, mm. Also, as I said before, fuck you, Adam Marcus, on his lame-ass jump scares with that fucking dog. What the <laughs> fuck was that about? <laughs> I mean, oh, dear, oh, God. I should uh, explain. In the back of the diner at the dumpsters, she has a pet dog. which mm-hmm. is a mongrel, a little mutt thing. And she's feeding it. What did what she call it again? Uh, Skippy or something like that? Ridiculous. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Uh, dear, oh, dear. Oh yes, on to the my first what the fuck moment of this movie. The moustache shaving scene. Okay then, if this is Adam Marcus's idea of sexy, it fails fucking miserably. <laughs> okay, why does uh, the coroner shave the deputy Josh's moustache off? The coroner has a fucking moustache on. 
What's the fuck? It's it, it's it's not just that. It's not just worried about him shaving him. Why did he strip him fucking naked and then strap him down to yeah. the table? That's not- more. That's more what you want to wonder about instead of just taking off his mustache. But you know what? Maybe Jason just got tired of just. Maybe he wanted to be clean shaven everywhere in this new body. For all we know, who knows what's yeah, going through enough. Jason's head? Fair enough. I mean, he has been in this this guy's body for at least what three four weeks. So yeah. Why I not? think honestly, I think it was just Adam wanted a what the fuck scene, and you know what? When you want a what the fuck scene, you get a what the fuck scene with Adam Marcus. Yeah. No yeah, explanation. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but why have him struck bought naked on stirrups, mind? Exactly. <laughs> what? The, oh dear, oh dear. As much as I love this movie, I have zero explanation for that. I don't even think Adam had an explanation for it in the commentary, other than just I wanted one of those what the hell moments. Mm-hmm. And well, he was successful in that. Yes, yes, he was. And moving on to our real hero, Jessica, played by Kira Keegan. I actually liked her. She was smart, she was cunning, and she fought back. In fact, she set Jason to hell. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she oh. was. She, I mean, she was a damsel in distress, quote unquote, in the beginning. But after a while, I grew to really, really enjoy her. She's, she's definitely one of my favorite final girls in this whole series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Although I was discussing this, this with my partner last night. Of all the 12 Friday 13th movies, Jason has been killed mostly by women. Is that mm-hmm. true? I mean, yeah. let's put it this way. Right. The first one doesn't count because it was Alice mm-hmm. killed the mother. She wasn't in it. Right. But the second one, the child psychologist kills him. Correct. Uh, the third one is the chick Chris. with the axe i believe it was chris yeah the fourth one okay it's cody philbin but his sister kicks ass also Mm -hmm. the fifth one the blonde chick kicks the fake jason onto the farm equipment stuff under the barn for some reason Mm -hmm. the sixth one is it's it's the blonde girl she she puts the uh the the uh uh the the speedboat uh motor into his face yeah yeah as tony uh, tony yeah tony is it Tony? Tommy. Tommy. Tommy oh, my, my name's yep. over the place. It's fighting underwater. Yeah. And then we have the psychic chick. And Seven. then we have the New York one where she dumps water, uh, the um, toxic waste on her. And then we've got this one. And then in space, okay, technically the androids kills them, but eh. Uh, um, uh, it's close enough. And in the remake... I believe um, Jared Pickleback's sister kills him with a, a chain to the back of the neck and pulls into a, a um, what the hell that thing is a mulcher thing. Yeah, and then she she does like the final she does like a final stab to him with a machete, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. So there's been no male heroes then. <laughs> if unless you want to really kind of kind of count Corey Feldman, which no one really wants to, no. I guess yeah, Jason's been killed pretty much by women and. Almost every single movie here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was thinking about that and the other um, horror franchises. Freddy is killed by at least three women. Michael's killed by at least three women. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pinhead is killed by, I think, one woman. Oh, only killed him. Uh, that being, um, what the fuck's her name? Uh, the original chick. Ashley <laughs> Lawrence. Yeah, Ashley Lawrence. Kirsty, yeah. yeah. I'm terrible with character names. Um, that's okay, man. I guess that's what you're here for. <laughs> that's um, what happens when you see what happens when you try to get the Friday the Thirteenth continuity thrown in. It just fucks with your head. Yeah, at all my, my mind's like, nope. 
Anyway, back to this movie. Stephen's daughter, Stephanie, played by Brooke Shear, Schluer. Anyway, how long was Stephen for town for if you didn't know Jessica was pregnant? You know? Yeah, well, now, see, did, did he really know that she had a baby or not? That's the thing. I don't really know if that was ever addressed. Well, they do say that he was out of town for a good couple of, of months, and she mm-hmm. keeps she kept the pregnancy hidden. But he's been in town for at least a month. He doesn't realise she's pregnant. It's a bit one on one together. I mean, oh, idiot. Yeah. Oh, yes. So speaking of Jessica, her taste in men. First, we have the uber geek Stephen, and then we have the Howard Stern wannabe, that sleazy prick Campbell guy. What the fuck, love? Can we pick somebody else? <laughs> Well, she had to go from the nerd to the shock jock, so, you know, she had to do the whole 180, so who knows? Yeah, true, true. And on to the, possibly the second best death in this, Diana's death, or Dana's death, rather, at the hands of um, Jason, possessed <laughs> Josh. Uh, the whole mirror thing doesn't work, it's just fucking stupid. It doesn't even line up right. I mean, there's a bit where the, the Josh is looking at the mirror, and <laughs> Jason is looking completely the wrong direction. Yeah. yeah, that's not how mirrors work, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the possessed, sorry, the um, actors possessed by Jason acting nothing like Jason. Oh, by the way, Portuguese two points its warm back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. And this whole, you know scene, what? I, I I think Richard Gant did a pretty decent job just being hulking and menacing. Mm-hmm. You know, if if he, if anyone tried to be like Kane Hodder, I think Richard did a, a decent job. Yes, that's fair enough. But the rest of them didn't. Yeah, but the rest are, are fairly different, to, to put it nicely. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, this whole scene should have been cut or rewritten. It is just fucking stupid. So, the Jason-possessed Josh breaks into Di- uh, Diana's house and tries to, I don't know, force the tongue down her throat. Incest. <laughs> and then she shoots him in the head, blows his head clean off, almost. Mm-hmm. And he goes back to life. Okay, then. I'll get back to that in a second. Yep. And then Stephen comes in and runs him through with a fucking poker, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then the Diana chick gets stabbed in the back with a fucking knife sharpen of all things. What the hell? <laughs> and then Stephen and Josh have a, a ridiculous little hissy fit, cuffy fight. A fisty cuff fight on the ground. What the fuck was that all about? If that was Jason, he would have just punched him clean in the head and it would have rolled off. You know, well, yeah, but you gotta think about it. He's in Josh's body, and you know, Josh was this little guy. That's why yeah. I, I, I thought it was funny. The character, the actor who plays Josh, he, he tried, I think, to be like Kane Hunter, but because he's probably half Kane's size, maybe that's why it didn't seem so believable. Mm, but sure. uh, what I like about this scene is when you know, Jessica or not Jessica, Diana's struggling with him, and she she blow, shoots him straight in the fucking head with with the mm-hmm. gun. We get more cool effects because, you know, you get your your jump scare that you hate so much. You know, when she's walking past the dead body, he jumps up and grabs her. But mm-hmm. then you have, as he lifts his head, you actually have, like, blood pouring out of it. And I just, just another cool effect. I, the effects in this movie are so good. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that one. On to the next day. Jessica's friend, which I never picked her name up, but I'll get back to it later. Cleaning up Diana's blood. Something you don't see in horror movies at all. Although, one tear for her murder, a mother, rather, and Jessica's fine. What a cold bitch that is. I mean, that's a bitch move. 
<laughs> oh, your mother's dead. Oh, boo-hoo. That's my daughter. Isn't she pretty? And moves on. What the fuck, love? You fucking bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know what? I'll have to say uh, Vicky, the, the friend, the redhead. She is oh, probably, I... other than Creighton Duke, she's probably uh, my favorite character in this film. And we'll get to why when we get to the diner scene later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, Stephen is in jail walking around with blood-coated clothes. Hello, mm. evidence? Wouldn't he be wearing coveralls or paper? What would the hell they give you in, in jail? Not wearing the fucking outfit coated in blood. Oh, by the way, the blood splatter changes at least seven times in this fucking movie. At first, yep. he's, when, he's, when he's arrested, he has a little bit on his leg. And then mm-hmm. It moves to the other leg, and then it moves to all over his crotch and up his t-shirt. And then he's in jail, it's a bit on his t-shirt and a bit on his legs. Well, they, they, they mess up a lot uh, in, Diana's, in Diana's death scene when when he uh, walks down to lift up Diana's body or just just stand over her. His the, his thighs are completely clean. And then when uh, you know Billy Greenbush shows up and you know you know put up put up your arms that type of thing, Stephen's completely covered on both legs. So yeah, the, again, the 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 editing and continuity mm-hmm. not the best. I can't defend it. No, I can't do that. No. So as much as I as much as I want to try, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the second, what the fuck moment? Duke breaking Stephen's fingers. Yes. Why? Was it supposed to be a homoerotic thrill? What the fuck was that about? <laughs> I think what it was is I think Duke knows the supernatural aspect of it, okay? And he knows what Stephen's gonna have to go through, quote unquote. I think what it is, he wants to see if Stephen's willing to put up you know, the effort or put up with what's going to have to happen because by the, by the time he's going to break the third finger, he says, this one's on the house. Cause mm. I think he realizes Steven's ready, quote unquote, mm. but you're right about the homoerotic thing because doesn't he like caress Steven's yeah. hand right he's before he going, breaks his fucking finger? Going, Are you sure ready for this one princess? And it gets click. And it's like, Oh, that's so and I'll tell you what that sound effect of the breaking fingers is perfect. Mixed with mixed with, um, John's falling to the ground, and then you know what I love is again it's 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 Creighton Duke. He has this little bit of a smile, and I think he kind of licks his lips before mm. he <laughs> wants to tell Stephen the story. It's just it's just he's wonderful. Such, he's such a prick. I love him, but yeah, I know he's uh, enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, he's enjoying it. But other facts how Stephen, what's his name, Stephen? Yeah, his hands are perfectly fine by the end of the movie because he's he's picking a shovel. He has a gun in his hand. I'm like, you have. Three broken fingers. Karen. Mm, and he's punching Jason in the face with a hockey mask on. Yeah, mate, you've got broken fingers. And no. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Well, uh, just attribute that to adrenaline. How about that? There, I can explain that one at least. Okay, then. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> on to... Try it. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Uh, on to Jessica's friend. What's your call name again? Christian, did you say uh, she was? Uh, Vicky. Vicky, Vicky, sorry, yeah, Vicky. The worst babysitter in the world. She leaves the kid in a cardboard box in a kitchen alone. Really, love, you're going to leave uh, a, what, three months she, old? She, she's a working girl, okay? She's got stuff to do. She's got to work. Yeah, but come on. She puts it on <laughs> a high table next to fucking knives for crying out loud. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe that's why she doesn't have any children. <laughs> yeah, God. The diner owner's son, Ward, played by Adam Craner. Kind, but fat, therefore he's stupid. Because mm-hmm. of course he is. Because why can't you have a fat, intelligent person, you fucking hacks? That annoys me. Why is every fat person in movies stupid? 
or clumsy. You know, it's just you know, just a, a Hollywood trope that will never die, I believe. Mm. Yeah, sad, sadly, yes. But I, you know what? You know, Ward. I, I like Ward because there's that scene where where Stephen walks in and he sees his daughter, and they try to have a sentimental moment. He like he talks to her and he says, "I don't even know your name." And Ward catches him, and he, Ward hands him his car keys, and he just says, "Get out." You know, mm-hmm. not because you know he hates him. He says, "Get basically." So yeah, <laughs> mean old Joey B doesn't catch him and shoot his ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes us to the Voorhees house, which is fucking huge. You're supposed yeah. to know what Pamela was a hick, yet she's got this massive fucking mansion. Also, should not be torn down, but the camp was torn down back in, what was it, part four when it changed the name? Part five when it changed the name? Or was it, anyway, it changed the on. name in part, in part six. They changed six. it to Forest Green. Yeah. And also, can we save Freddy's dream house? Or the Myers house? Why, well, yes, we can. This mm-hmm. huge abandoned house in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, moving on. With the uh, with the misspelled name on the on the mailbox, I I can't defend Adam on that. If mm-hmm. you're making a Jason movie, Voorhees has two O's. Mhm, mhm, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Book of the Dead, sort of the Necronomicon, and a Dagger of the Dead. Really? Yep. So Jason's a dead eight now. I mean, I know this is Adam Marcus's idea of explaining away Jason's magic powers, but it's fucking stupid. He is not a <laughs> fucking deadite, you son of a bitch. The more you explain stuff, the less it makes sense. See Michael well, Myers' backstory. He, well, here's the thing. I think Adam said, you know, the prop guys just, just gave it to him. But if you think about it, remember when Robert shows up, you know, the, the, the shock jock or whatever, you know, the Howard Stern guy you're calling him, mm-hmm. he's probably placed all that shit there. You know, to make it look like the Voorhees house is full of black magic in this. Because doesn't he mention something about how we got to get the guys in props to put body parts in the refrigerator or something? So Robert Plate put that there. I think I, fans I, are doing their own little, is Marcus doing this Necronomicon deadite thing? And eventually, Adam even said, yeah, sure, of course he's a deadite. But I think that that's just Adam trolling his haters, to be honest. Possibly. Although, I will say to you, that's actually the real Necronomicon and the real dagger, because it's it was given to them by Sam Raimi himself. So, oh. there we have it. Yeah, I mean, it's just bloody stupid. But although, in saying that, to be fair, there's a lot of dust around the book, so I'm guessing it's not planted. It's been there for a while. So you're supposed to believe that Pamler was into raising demons? Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> so she knows about demonology, then. Or worse, the uh, hillbilly father who's never saw or mentioned uh, although apparently he's supposed to be the gravedigger from Jason Lives they, they were they were going to do that and then there was a deleted scene that it, it's on on the um, the DVD it was never filmed but they showed like storyboards Elias actually visits Jason's grave so if quote unquote the Necronomicon thing was going to be actually part of it um, I believe it was due to Elias but mm. that was dropped, you know what, three movies, you know, before this one came out. Okay then, okay then, fair enough, fair enough. And as I said earlier, this Robert Campbell guy is such a prick. First he's mm-hmm. sleeping with Jessica to get a story, and then he steals Diana's dead body. Is this why he lasts, sort of why Jason lasts so much longer in his body than anybody else does, apart from the coroner? Which means the coroner's a right prick also then. I mean, because don't, don't they say, like, oh my god, he burns through bodies, quick smart. Why does it take a month to get out of the coroner's body then? <laughs> yeah, who knows? And then the thing is, you know, uh, Robert didn't just steal Jessica's, or Diana's body. He stole it and he hid it in the Voorhees house because they're uh-huh. going to do like a reveal type of thing. 
Yeah. Also, while I'm at it, she's in the uh, witch's uniform. Would she be in like morgue outfit thing in a white sheet thing? What the hell are they putting on dead bodies? And where's the Y scar and such? I mean, uh, moving on. <laughs> uh, just just moving on. Josh's melting body. Once Jason leaves Josh's body, can we see Hellraiser? I think we can. <laughs> We can, but I, you know what? I love it. it. It's so good. It's so disgusting, especially that shot where Josh is just, his face is already melted and it's up against the wall and he pulls it off and it just, it looks like a bunch of snot, you know, mm. connected from the wall to his face. It's just, it's another what the fuck effect. You know, we don't know why Jason's doing this and I'm just running with it because it's just one of those really cool effects. I, I love it. You know, yeah. Nicotero was showing how good he was back in 93. Okay, then fair enough. That's, I mean, like I said, the effects are good in this. The humour mm-hmm. is good when it's funny. But my main problem is, is the story makes no fucking sense. <laughs> I mean, it's just shock for the sake of shock or what the fuck moments were, what the fuck moments. I mean, there's no... Mm-hmm. And the continuity is all, what a fucking shot. It's just... Uh, no. Moving on. Like, for instance, Duke drops a line during the interview with, with uh, Campbell. That just is vulnerable out of his body. So why would this possessed Campbell take all the abuse he does and still come after Jason, uh, uh, Jessica? Uh, he gets run over by a car. He gets shot multiple times. Yeah, he still comes after her. But he's supposed to be vulnerable outside of his own body. Okay then, explain that one. <laughs> um, maybe Robert was in better shape than Josh in the corner. You know, he's at least you know. 20 years younger probably than Robert Gant was and yeah but Stephen runs over his legs bricks both his legs but he's perfectly fine I mean wow. he takes a shotgun blast straight to the chest eh fine he gets shot <laughs> in the head eh fine come on really he's supposed to be vulnerable in this body no <laughs> you son of a bitch god on to some more lame comedy the fight between Stephen and Deputy Rant Randy is fucking lame when Jessica kicks Stephen out of the car. He's at the side of the roads and Dep- the Randy picks him up and they have a oh, hissy fit slap fight. It's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> it, it did seem like two college girls getting mad at each other, but mm-hmm. I'm having fun because they're, they're punching each other and then it's like, get in the car. No, you get in the car. Mm. I have a gun. I've got a gun. I have a gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, I, it was fun. Mm. Yeah, true, true. But it just seemed lame. It's like, ooh, 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 I'm going to pull my hair. Ooh, ooh, I'm going to pull your hair. Ooh. It's like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> it's oh. ridiculous. On to another really cool scene. Campbell's rampage in the police station. Although, can yes. we say Terminator? <laughs> yes. Like I said, can we say Terminator? I mean, it's a total arm ripoff where he's destroying the cops left, right, and centre. But hey, it's cool, so I'll let it run. Oh, yeah, I mean... We get a lot of cool deaths in this one when he, you know, he grabs the two deputies and he, he bashes their heads together. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a cool effect when he just takes the one, the uh, the female cop, and she just slams her head into the into the locker like she's nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. It is great chaos. You got Adam Marcus walking around, running around. He's the one that yells "Oh fuck!" and gets punched out by Duke. Um, Oh, is that him? Right, okay then. Yeah, that was Adam Marcus. He's the one that gets, you know, he gets punched out by Duke. And again, that's Duke being cool. That's a cool <laughs> escape. He just knocks out the cop and he just stands up, puts his hat on like it, like it's just another day in the office type of thing, you know? He's done this before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty cool. Although I have to say, stupid cops being <laughs> stupid. 
And also, what the hell were these two guys doing in the toilet? They go out the toilet and one pulls his zip up. I'm like, mm-hmm, what exactly were you doing in there? <laughs> we have one zipping his fly and the other's washing his hands. Mm-hmm. I'm going, you competing big sticks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. I'm sure, you know what? I'm pretty sure you're not the first one that's actually asked that question. Also, all the facts that uh, Robert gets shot clean between the eyes by Stephen, I believe, mm-hmm. and two cops walk up. Is he alive? Crack. That's like, yep. he's fucking got a bullet in his head. Of course he's dead, you fucking idiot. Why are you yeah. going, is he dead? Ugh, idiots. And then, you know what? I will say that as cheesy as it was, it was kind of a cool uh, hero moment when, when uh, Stephen's walking in. He does it that he his hands are handcuffed behind his back. I always loved it when I was a kid. He jumps mm-hmm. over his arms to put his hands in front of him and he knocks out Randy the cop and takes his gun and does that full, you know, unloads the gun into into Robert. I just thought that was kind of a cool hero moment for Steven yeah, to add yeah. to the chaos that was going in this scene. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. On to another cool scene, the diner killing scene. Yes. Oh, my God. Talk about balls of the wall fucking full on gore. I loved this one as a kid. Uh, it's just ridiculous. It's, where, it's super ridiculous. It's the best scene in the whole movie, if you ask me. But go ahead. Where... Uh, Jason Smacks, uh, what was the the diner one again? Uh, Joey B. Uh, Joey and the face and just squashes her face completely. <laughs> I just love that scene. And the face is all squashing like a, I don't know, like a, a prolapse pucker, you know? <laughs> well, see, what was great is because the reason that happens is because, um, first off, I love how, how Jessica and Steven are running into the diner. And <laughs> it's just a chaotic scene. And Joey's got a gun pulled on them. And she says, you know, you're, you know, fuck you. You're with the fucking felon. No one's going to touch that fucking ray of sunshine. And mm-hmm. Shelby says, hey, baby, watch the language. Oh, fuck you. And, it's just, <laughs> it's just, and then Jessica says, give me the baby, Joey. And then she says, fuck you. And she gets knocked out. And it's just a great chaotic comedy scene. Mm-hmm. And then you were mentioning the death. You know, Joey B gets her head you know, her face caved in because she's trying to save Shelby, who is tries to shoot. He's trying to shoot Robert, but he couldn't get the gun to work. So he gets his face thrown in the deep fat fryer. And it's just mm-hmm. my only this my only dislike for this scene is I wish that scene was lit so we could actually see more of Shelby's body. Yeah, true. True. Although I suppose it was a cheap, low budget movie. So eh, skimmed mm. effects. I mean, okay. although I hate the fact that Ward gets his arms snapped and that's it. It's mm-hmm. like he goes to punch uh, uh, Robert, the possessed Jason, yeah. and he gets his arm snapped, and that's it. I mean, yeah, I but you know what? I, I still thought it was a cool effect with a cool sound effect, but I do wish we we got to see like, did he bleed out? What what uh, what actually happened mm-hmm. to Ward? Mm-hmm. Other facts that um, the mother Joy hands him a gun, and he sucks it in his dick. He's like, watch the dick, son. Take out the gun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. She she tosses him the gun, and Stephen's like, no, 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 don't 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 go out there and. He says, you know, Joey keeps saying, no, go out. And then he sticks it down the front of his pants. He says, honey, watch your willy. Mom. <laughs> yeah, so he's trying to act all tough. And then, you know, she's got to ruin it for him. Mm. I just love the fact that, that, that Jason just kills absolutely fucking everyone in that diner. I mean, oh, some God. guy having some soup. He's dead. Uh, one of the waitresses gets a shotgun blast. Uh, she's dead. I mean... Uh, and then this is where, like I said, where Vicky becomes my favorite character because she's a little badass. She's the one pulling out the shotgun, shooting him. And uh-huh. eventually when she runs out of shells, she takes like a barbecue skewer and impales him. And oh, it, is that it's what I was, such. I thought, 
I thought it was just yeah. a random pipe. She just picks up this I, pole and runs them through it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's for like barbecuing chicken or something like that. Ah, but I, I could be wrong. Okay. Although I do hate the fact that after Jason kills absolutely fucking everyone in this place, mm-hmm. he faints. <laughs> he goes, he's tired. He's tired. He had a, he had a rough he had a rough moment. Oh, and I, oh, and I forgot to mention Jessica's death. No, Jessica, sorry, uh, Vicky's death. Where mm-hmm. he just squishes her head, oh, it explodes like a burst grape. That was oh, so and cool. I, I love it, you know, because he she impales him with that skewer and then he just grabs her and pulls her forward and impales her and you know she she spits up blood and i think everybody who dies in this fucking movie spits up blood it seems mm-hmm. like and then she, her final line is a great go to hell and then he just crushes her head and you see the the blood and brain shoot out and then it kind of you see it dripping a little bit on on robert's face and mm-hmm. then he throws her down and then he gives jessica this really look and then he just Passes out on the ground. I <laughs> yeah, just, just faints. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> That's yeah. ridiculous. Oh, I fucking love it. Oh, I should mention Vicky is played by Alison Smith. For anybody who cares about that one. Anyway, moving on. Uh, that, that, where am I now? Jason's first words are freeze, get the hell away from her, Ed. Apart from mommy and Jason, yeah. eight really. Freeze is his first word. Oh, well, you gotta. Well, the thing is, um, the uh, Jessica and Stephen are headed to the Voorhees house because Duke has taken the baby, and we see a cop enter the diner, but we don't know which cop it is. And then we get another jump scare that you love. You see Robert jump out of a closet and he attacks mm-hmm. the cop. So, mm. you know what? We don't hear Jason talk for eight movies, other than that. Don't let me drown, mommy. Bullshit from part uh, eight. Save me, mommy. Say, mommy. Yeah. Mm. Who's to say he couldn't talk when he was in someone's body? That's you know? true. That's very true. That's very very true. Just never done it. Hmm. And he, uh, you know, he's. It, it's a great who. Who is it moment? You know, is it Billy Greenbush or is it you know Kit Marcus? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that's very true. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Um, let me see now. Uh, where was I? Oh, yes. The great Critton Duke folds like a deck of cards when Jason just squeezes the hell out of him. Oh, I like, you know what? I, I love that scene because Creighton falls through into the into the he falls into like the basement or whatever mm-hmm. after uh, Jason's reborn, which we'll, we'll definitely have to talk about that. Scene. Oh yes, yes, that's coming up. But um. Uh, it's a great intense moment because, again, Creighton says it's not about the money anymore. He wants to kill Jason just to, to end it. And after he falls down, he's yelling at Jessica because she has to reach the dagger. And, you know, she's got to stab uh, one of the cops. And he says, do it or die. You know, it's, it's a great intense moment, great performance. And then when Jason's reborn, he handcuffs himself. Duke handcuffs himself to Jason so Jason can't get to Jessica and the baby. And he says, what does he say? He says, like, hi, asshole. Remember me? Yeah, and then he's, me here. Hmm. yeah, he's bear hugged to death, and again, spits blood on Jason. It's just, I just, it's, anything with Duke is great, even his death. Mm-hmm. Although I forgot to mention the possessed uh, deputy Randy when mm-hmm. Stephen cuts his head almost clean off, and the Jason demon slug comes out of his neck. That yeah. thing looked cheap. What was that? A hand puppet covered in fucking potato? I mean, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Yeah, you know, the, the demon didn't look really cool, really good coming out of the neck, but uh, I'll give it credit. At least they still had uh, uh, the deputy's mouth twitching a little bit when he when it, when it he was slowly dying. I like that. Yeah, true, true. I was getting a lot of um, the thing from that death, particularly, you know. 
Uh, moving on, back to Duke, who says, quote, only thought of four he's can Jason be reborn. I wasn't thinking they would take that literally, as he climbed into Diana's uh, still uh, dead body, still in a waitress, if it meant, up her uh, vag. Yep. Really? I mean, uh, talk about reborn for fuck's sake. Which apparently the actress didn't know about that and was pissed at Adam Marcus because yeah, he, did, he added she, that scene. She didn't even know. She didn't know about that until she went to the premiere and she saw it on screen. Mm-hmm. She had no mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, and she was pissed. I mean, Jesus Christ. Well, you mentioned you mentioned the incest angle when uh when Josh Jason was trying to make out with her. Well, here you go. It it came full circle, didn't it? Mm, yeah, true. Uh, did you notice? Did you notice in the basement the uh, the crate from Creepshow under the stairs? Oh yes, yes, I was going to mention that. Yeah, yeah. The, yep. The, yeah, there's a lot of nods to various horror films in this. I was thinking, I was going. Hmm, you've got an Epinomicon, you've got the crate there, and you've got the supposed kitty frame from the birds, which it's not because in the birds it's a rectangle, and this is round. It's not the same fucking uh, climbing frame gym thing. What the fuck that thing is? So there. Jungle jump. Yeah. Yeah, Jumbo Jump, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also the biggest new of this movie, Stephen versus Jason. Lame, lame, fucking lame. <laughs> what the fuck was that? I mean, this guy, uh, John DeLa, De, wasn't DeLa May, what the fuck his name is? He must yeah. be about, what, about 5'8". Kane mm-hmm. Hodder's about fucking 6, I don't know, 6'11". Mm-hmm. And I think he's, he's like 6'2", six 6'3", six something like that. All right, whatever. Uh, the point being, he like throws him over the place like a rag doll and grabs him by the ankle to pull him back into the fight. So when the fuck does Jason drag somebody by the ankle? Shouldn't mm-hmm. it be like one punch your heart through your stomach or bang goes your head, you know, or breaking limbs and such? Not a fucking hissy fit thing where they're filling up time where Jessica gets a fucking dagger. No, this is a sign of a bad director. Uh, yeah. Sean, I, I, Go ahead. Sean Cunningham should not have gave Marcus the chair. He doesn't know anything about Jason. The mask is proof of that. This music is proof of that. This is just bad writing and bad editing and bad directing. He should not have been given the chair. I mean, uh, no. Well, you know what? You know what? As much as I'm defending this movie, I, I do wish um, there was a little bit more to than just hand-to-hand fighting. I mean, I think the only quote-unquote weapon used in this fight is a rake. And, and Stephen hits Jason with a rake in the chest and instead of jason you know using the metal the you know the pointed part of the rake that's stuck in his chest he just breaks it off and just starts beating steven with just the wooden stick part i yeah i no. do wish there's a little bit more to the final confrontation but i will say this i think that reveal after after the demon goes up his sister's vag as you as you said <laughs> when jason and they say what is it they say uh when you say it has to be through a Voorhees member, does it have to be a, a living member? And then Duke says no. And then they said that's in, you know, the creatures in the basement with, with Jason's or with Diana's body. And again, Duke has that great Holy Mother of God line. And then just, I love how just the reveal Jason just leaps like fucking the Incredible Hulk or whatever, you know, out of the basement mm-hmm. onto the, onto the, onto the floor. It's just a really cool final reveal. It's just, I wish there's a bit more to it. Yeah, true. Although I will say, thankfully, it is Jason and not that ridiculous demon that's in the cutscenes, yeah. I believe. That demon looked fucking cheap. I mean, what the fuck was it? A vampire? Crying <laughs> out loud, vampire with horns sort of thing? The hell was that? Um, so I'm glad they actually had Jason back in the full garb. Although mm-hmm. I hate the mask, yeah. but moving on. 
And the final fight between Jessica and Jason. As she stabs him with the Dagger of the Dead, fireworks, yep. and the puppet strike Jason to hell. Yep. Okay, then. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what? It, it's called Jason Goes to Hell. They got they literally got to take him to hell. And I, I, I love the concept. Even though, like he said, they look like Muppet hands. And mm-hmm. I can't defend it. That, that big one looks very terrible. It doesn't even, the fingers don't even move. It just kind of looks like a catcher's minute. It kind of just slaps him. Um, I like the concept how he's actually being dragged down there with this big, you know, lights being shined on him from, you know, I don't know if it's supposed to be heaven or what have you. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be heaven. I like yeah. I like the concept it was really cool. And it was cool that, you know, she stabs him with the dagger and, you know, that's what the, when the light happens, but the demons don't come out until she gets that final, you know, kick to pierce his heart or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so pierce his heart. Yeah, yeah. Although, forgive me if I'm wrong here, but isn't there another ending? But it's not just hands, it's like full-on Muppet demons that drag Jason into hell. Yeah, there's um, a, there's a, there's a uh, what do you call it, a work print that, that you can find online. It's really shitty VHS quality, but you can see an actual huge creature behind Jason. And it looks like it's got, um, I don't know if it's got antlers or horns or whatever. They look like tree limbs hmm. right behind Jason that's, that grabs him around the face and helps pull him down. I don't See, know I, if they cut it because the effect looked shitty mm. or what. I took that as the, the tree demon from Evil Dead when I first saw it back in 94. I thought, is that the tree demon from Evil Dead? Because if the Nepal comes then it makes sense, you know. But anyway, on to the final gotcha moment as um, Freddy takes Jason's mask to hell. Mm-hmm. Setting up Jason versus Freddy, which wouldn't happen until, was it 20 years later? Uh, 10 years later? Ten years later, yeah. Ten years later, I can't count. Sorry, ten years later. Uh, It's that continuity, man, see? mm. You're still thinking on the timeline. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, take a shot anytime Johnny says moving on or tries (laughs) to make the timeline work. (laughs) Fucking bladder. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was Jason Goes to Hell. What can I say about this? It does not fucking work. Jason doesn't, doesn't act like Jason. Who the fuck is Duke? How the fuck does he know all the information on this? And why the Necronomicon? Stephen is a lame hero. Writing is bad. The effects are good. The continuity is piss poor. And I hate the fucking mask. And that shitty music. Uh, so, what do you say about this one, Eric? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You know, it, it has its problems. It really does. Like I said, the continuity... You know, I can't, I will not forgive, and this just might be my OCD, but Adam Marcus, you, you're directing a Jason Voorhees movie, you misspelled Voorhees, um, but I just have so much fucking fun with this movie because of, not just because it's one of those, you know, all the what the fuck moments, because, you know, the whole naked Josh scene, I, I that doesn't need to be there, mm-hmm. it's just there for what the fuck moment, but you have, you, you have action in it, you have comedy that, you know, I love the Joey B family, I don't mind Steven so much. I love the look of Jason. I love Creighton Duke. You know, I love Jason getting drunk down to hell. I just have a lot of fun. It's it's one of my favorite movies in the series. Not the best made one, but it's one of the most fun. Okay, then. Right, now to explain the schlocky scale, as I'm going to call it, the schlockometer, as I'm going to call it. It is a, a one to five star rating. One star being one beer. 
two stars being a six pack of beer, three stars being 18 pack of beer, four stars being a keg and top of the list, five stars being a whole bottle of scotch. The higher the ranking or the worse the movie, i.e. the more booze you must take to enjoy this thing. So for me, I'm going to give this thing, I was going to give it an 18 pack, but you talked me off the ledge. So I'm going to give this thing a six pack of heavy beer because this is Uh, just eh. You know, you know what? I, I count that as a victory. I, I talked you down. <laughs> I will accept that. Yeah, I mean, I was going to give this thing a shotgun blast to the face, but it's more like a handgun blast to the face, you know? <laughs> That's okay. That's an improvement. So what did you give it? Um, well, my love of this, you know, notwithstanding, you know, if I'm looking at it as, at, you know, also as a technical aspect, I'm going to give it a six-pack. I'm going to give it a six-pack because as much fun as I have, I don't like Naked Josh for no reason. Um, Mm. And then, like I said, just the continuity errors do bug me. But, you know, it's definitely – I can watch this sober and have a lot of fun. But it is more fun after a few drinks. And this is definitely one of those watch-with-your-friends movies. But as long as they're not – jason snobs you know what i mean Mm. if they they realize it's going to be nothing like the past eight fucking films sit down watch it it's a great horror movie you know what put it this way it's it's like a hellraiser sequel no past bloodlines Mm. you know whatever you want to say about those but in the concept of it's it's a it's a really interesting concept with jason thrown in it technically for like 10 minutes yeah, I can have a lot. Of, I have a lot of fun with it. I, I I love it more and more every time I watch it. Okay, fair enough. I mean, that annoyed me when I was a kid when I first watched this because I said this was the first Friday Thirteenth I actually saw, and Jason's that for about what about five minutes, ten minutes tops. I mean, but but like I said, you also got to look at it like he's still technically in the movie, but he's not in Jason form other than just ten minutes. Mm, okay, then. okay, yeah, I do love the fact he reflects himself. In mm. the beginning, in the corner's fridge sort of thing. The big yeah, silver fridge. Cool. And yep. it all reflects. That's pretty cool. Anyway, right, so thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Schlocky Horror and Instagram at Schlocky underscore pod. Email us. Request to Schlocky Horror Podcast show at gmail.com. And you can follow Eric at. I am on Twitter at movies underscore beer 365. Or you can just Google Hey Internet Eric here. You'll find me. Okay, and you can also find his podcast at Two Bearded Losers, which he does with his his friend, Frenzy Poo. I I actually love their conversations. They're so fresh and frank. So listen to these little fucking shitheads. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you can can find us on Twitter at two, the number two, underscore beard, underscore losers. Um, I'm the one that takes care of the Twitter, but I welcome any interaction, negative, positive requests, um, and Frenzy will make sure he sees any type of tweets as well so yeah I, I we are appreciating we are getting some feedback finally and um it's, it's just like me and johnny here it's just two guys sitting down discussing movies and we just hope someone listens oh and i forgot to, to plug my own podcast here's johnny's reviews which is basically just me ripping apart movies and either praising them or out and out fucking hating them <laughs> so if you're a fan of my rants look on there as i, I said i, I will i I will say this. I will say this. I will have to plug uh, your. Uh, is it? It's either Attack of the Clones or the Phantom Menace. You had me laughing my ass off every time 
you said screen wipe. So if you're, oh, yes. if you're a fan of Donnie's rants, you, he will get you laughing, that's for sure. Anyway, next Fortnite's podcast is our very first request. Yay! From 8-Bit Ray, which is the 1980s shopping mall about killer robots in a shopping centre. Yay! Uh, so, if you want to have a movie requested, as I said, pop it on an email and send it to us, or even tweet it, uh, tweet it, tweet it to us even. <laughs> I can't uh, it, can't <laughs> can't it yet. And don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Also, give us a five-star review on iTunes because <laughs> we need this thing off the ground. Please help us. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, uh, bye. And now I'm off to smoke pot and have some premarital sex. Atta boy. <laughs>